Welcome to Leaves the Blue Away, the serials, where we retell stories from the Bible simply. I'm your host, Todd Allen, author of the book, Leaves the Blue Away. Check out our main podcast for frank and entertaining discussions about culture and current events, and also intimate conversations with other regular people just like you and me, who open up and tell us their stories. Today, we're going to jump into Acts 19, reading from the message. God did powerful things through Paul, things quite out of the ordinary. The word got around and people started taking pieces of clothing, handkerchiefs and scarves and the like, that had touched Paul's skin and then touching the sick with them. The touch did it. They were healed and whole. Some itinerant Jewish exorcists who happened to be in town at the time, tried their hand at what they assumed to be Paul's game. They pronounced the name of the Master Jesus over victims of evil spirits, saying, I command you by the Jesus preached by Paul. The seven sons of a certain Sceva, a Jewish high priest, were trying to do this on a man when the evil spirit talked back. I know Jesus, and I've heard of Paul, but who are you? Then the possessed man went berserk, jumped the exorcist, beat them up, and tore off their clothes. Naked and bloody, they got away as best they could. It was soon news all over Ephesus, among both Jews and Greeks. The realization spread that God was in and behind this. Curiosity about Paul developed into reverence for the Master Jesus. Many of those who thus believed stepped out into the light and made a clean break with their secret sorceries. All kinds of witches and warlocks came out of the woodwork with their books of spells and incantations and made a huge bonfire of them. Someone estimated their worth at 50,000 silver coins. In such ways it became evident that the word of the master was now sovereign and prevailed in Ephesus. Acts 19, 11-20 in the message. God doesn't always confine himself to a set prescribed way of working in his creation. Frequently, God surprises us. Like the Jews before us, Christians often excel in codifying what we understand about God and his work. We read our Bibles describing dissecting, organizing, systematizing the God whose face we couldn't even bear to glimpse and live to tell about it in our mortal frames. Too often, in our quest to understand Jesus, we fence the Savior in. Theologians like John Piper write 700-word treatises on knowing God, yet shake their heads and scold those faithful simpletons out there in the pews, so uncouth as to believe God might even choose to work through an unlikely vessel like a thrice-married former Playboy billionaire, whose mean tweets and lack of refinement so offend our great Christians scribbling away in their ivory towers. Somewhere, King Nebuchadnezzar must be laughing. Certainly, a God who cannot be contained even within an infinite universe, a God as likely to use the curiosity aroused in the lost by his own coloring outside of the lines to draw them to himself, must laugh loudest of all at our futile attempts to define him and rein him in. 
The God who stands astride creation is no totem deity. His mighty name will not be pigeonholed into the equivalent of a lucky rabbit's foot tacked onto the end of a spell or incantation. The sons of Sceva learned this lesson well, for experience is a brutal but effective teacher. Exorcisms were their family business. They had been wrangling rest of evil spirits since before anyone had even heard the name of the latest carpenter messiah from Galilee. But never had they witnessed the amazing power the name of that crucified carpenter seemed to possess. Rumors from Jerusalem seemed to pop up weekly of the mighty acts of the disciples of the way. The sick were healed, the dead were raised, and closest to their hearts and livelihoods, evil spirits and demons were cast off with an ease unheard of among the professional exorcists of the time. This Jesus and his disciples seemed to be true innovators in their field, and chief among them was Paul, the former well-known Pharisee who had been in Ephesus now for almost two years, and whose miraculous exploits were already the stuff of legend. Professional exorcists typically relied on ritual recitations from the Torah mixed up with incantations lifted from local pagan magic. It all made for great theater and a nice living, and occasionally it even worked. For a while, those suffering victims of demonic torment found relief at the hands of Sceva and his sons because God works sometimes even through our ignorance. But like professionals in any field, Imitation is the highest form of flattery. So into their stock of well-rehearsed prayers and spells, they added the name of Jesus and Paul. Because when something works, why reinvent the wheel? The house was unremarkable from the road. They had no sense of foreboding or dread. Just another day at the office. Anyone in their line of work understood it came with a certain measure of risk. But the man they were dealing with that hot sunny afternoon hardly seemed threatening. He suffered from hallucinations and strange voices in his head. So often and loud, his wife and children frequently found him cowering in the corner, crying, confused, afraid. First, they took their payment. Payment was required in full and up front, and results were not guaranteed. Evil spirits were tricky even for professionals. They had started the show normally, pacing around the man, offering rope prayers and chanting while they paced. The small frame man sat on the floor with his face in his hands, weeping. They were nearly an hour into the performance before the oldest brother paused dramatically, then called out to the demon, in the name of Jesus and his messenger Paul, I command you to leave this man. The man on the floor suddenly stopped weeping. He took his hands from his face and stood up, straightening his shoulders, and stared at the sons of Sceva with darkened eyes of stone. Jesus I know well, and I've heard rumors of this servant Paul. But who exactly are you? The voice was deep and full, almost like a distant roar and seemed to come not so much from the small man as from the very walls surrounding them. And in the long moment between when the spirit spoke and the small weepy man transformed into a tornado from the depths of hell, the sons of Sceva understood their mistake. The name of Jesus holds a power 
unlike any other name. And in the mouth of a saint washed in his blood, demons tremble, and mountains may even be cast into the sea. But the other side of that name is utter despair and destruction. A world sacrificed to water. Korah and his wife and babies hurtling into the abyss. God is a raging fire. Naked and bloody, broken and humiliated, the sons of Sceva got away that day the best they could. Thanks for joining me today. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Leaves of Blue Away. If you enjoyed this episode of the serials, please subscribe and share the story with your friends and family. May the God of all hope bless you and take these seeds we're scattering and use them for his harvest. See you next time.